What we try to do is educate folk to understand that the streams, the balance of the streams and their natural state is vital. When we have stormwater that is raging, and if you know anything about water, water goes where it has least resistance. And if it's something in, this, in its path, it's gonna take it with it. And that's what is happening to these streams. And when they're taking this sediment, this sediment is covering the submerged aquatic vegetation. So it's a balance that has to happen. Hello, and welcome to Green Dragon, a monthly show where we talk about green initiatives in Maryland, Howard County, and Howard Community College, plus ideas and ways for you to be more sustainable at home. I'm Bob Marietta, HCC's Environmental Health and Safety Supervisor, and I thank you for watching today. My guest today is Terry Matthews, coordinator of the Howard County Watershed Stewards Academy, an affiliate of the University of Maryland Extension. Terry, thanks for joining me today. Can you tell us just a little bit about the University of Maryland Extension? I know there's a lot more to it than the Depression era Extension Services. Bob, thanks for having me and giving me this opportunity. And if you don't mind, I don't want to miss anything as it relates to the University of Maryland Extension, because to be honest, until I came to work here, I knew very little about the Extension. So let me start off by saying that on November the 9th, we will be having an open house to help the community better understand who we are. But University of Maryland Extension is a statewide non-formal education system within the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources. We have educational programs and problem-solving assistance that is available to citizens based on science and experience in land-grant universities such as University of Maryland at College Park. So in our office, our programming is, we started, we have several programmings, and I'm going to give you just a highlight about all of them. 4-H, which stands for Head, Heart, Hands, and Health, are the four values of the youth programming that provides youth ages from 5 to 18 opportunity to engage in life skills. Such life skills as animal science, environmental science, healthy living, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, and youth and adult leadership. We also have faculty that deal with family and consumer science programming. And there are several educators here and they meet the needs of Supplemental Nutrient Assistance Program, which is SNAP-Ed and was formerly known as, SNAP was known as a food stamp program. And they provide nutritional education for low populations, particularly those that who are eligible for SNAP. We also have nutrition, health and wellness financial wellness. We have also an educator who works with citizens on the health insurance literacy initiative called HILI. We have a new program that's a bit more recent, which is Digital Literacy Project, otherwise known as Merlanders Online. And this is a goal to help families and individuals in Merlin to get acquainted with the technology that is now available. We have agriculture and food services and that's where Food Services conducts applied research and provides educational programs to farmers and producers of grains and RLCs, horticulture, poultry, dairy, and beef cattle. That's particularly what people normally know us for. But we also have a program for farmers that is the Agricultural Nutrient Management Program. Here is where we have nutrient specialists who help farmers understand and establish nutrient management plans 
so they can play their role with protecting the Chesapeake Bay. And last but not least, we have the Environment and Natural Resources Program. These are programs that provide education and technical support for residents who live in Maryland and our programming such as the Master Gardeners, the Woodland Stewards, the Natural Naturalists, as well as the Watershed Stewards Academy, Master Loggers, and the Chesapeake Bay Landscape Professional Program. All of these programs that we have are just geared to take the research that is established at College Park, and we are the actual extension arm of College Park to put that in practice. So that's full scope of what's in our office here at the Descend One building. That's incredible, Terry. Y'all really covered such a wide range of skills and trainings and knowledge that all of us need to be aware of. So thanks for all you do. Let me throw that right in there to everybody at the Extension Service. That's just incredible. So in your own program, what does it mean to become a trained watershed steward? To me, it means that you're a member of a community of citizens who have sacrificed time, money, and energy to engage in stewardship. And I define stewardship as the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And that what stewards is, they're entrusted with the care of what I believe to be our greatest natural resource, water. Take it a little further, Bob. To me, it, it starts with the hydrological cycle and its balance. That's the key. Again, it isn't about how the hydrological cycle got started, whether you believe in evolution or creation. And I say that because science says that 96.5% of Earth's water is oceans. 2.5% of that is fresh water. Now take that 2.5%. And 69% of that is glaciers and ice caps, 30% groundwater, and 1% surface water. Going a little further, that 1% that is groundwater, 69% is in ground ice and permafrost, 21% licks, 4% is in soil moisture, 3% in atmosphere, and 3% in swamps and marshes. And it could go below the 1% where 0.49% is, is in our bodies. So therefore, what science tells us is there hasn't been another Big Bang that has produced another single drop of water, nor on the other camp, God has chosen not to create a single additional drop of water. And my point is there isn't and there never will be any new water. So as stewards, it is our responsibility to educate and to move each and every county in Howard County to do what we can to preserve this natural resource. Well, that's a pretty awesome responsibility. Can you tell us about what future stewards will experience while they're attending the academy? I would like to think that they would experience fun, camaraderie, and we do our best to make sure it's a family atmosphere. On the science side, it's a science-based training that includes stormwater and water system science, laws and policies, small-scale best management practices that are being applied across the county. They will learn about plants, natives versus non-natives, and they will learn about soils and the soil makeup. They will learn GIS. They would also get instruction on the use of how to use our tool for homeowner interviews and site assessments for private properties. 
They will also learn how to use our neighborhood source assessment tool that assesses a community in HOAs. They will learn the basics of biological science, monitoring and assessment, the art of social marketing and community engagement, and project management and funding. So that is pretty well much what our curriculum entails. How long does it take to get through the training program? It takes a little over a year to complete the program. From September through beginning of December is the lecture series. And from after the holidays, from January through the end of August, they will team up with other cohort and they will show that they understand or are able to put into practice what they've learned through a capstone project in the particular community that they find a needed project in. So that runs again for nine months and then they graduate in October. Yeah. I've always found all your graduates very knowledgeable and very good to work with. So how long has the Howard County Academy been in operation and how many stewards have you graduated in that time? Oh, it's been slightly a, a slight rough road there on that one, Bob. The Academy was envisioned by a group of Baywise Master Gardeners led by their coordinator, Georgia Ecker. And as I understand it, the original plan was for there to be a regional Watershed Stewards Academy that would be a combination of Howard County, Baltimore City, and Baltimore County, similar to the Watershed Stewards Academy that's in the National Capital Region that handles Prince George's County, Montgomery, and Washington, D.C. However, as I'm being told, for some reason, Baltimore City and Baltimore County dropped out, but Howard County kept going on to putting a steering committee together, and somewhere in 2011, 2012, they officially launched their first class of stewards. However, during that first class of stewards, they realized as volunteers that they were going to need someone that they could put into place as a coordinator. And during that time, I was going through the Watershed Stewards Academy and around the county, and I found out about the position. I gave you that little bit of background because that's where I came into play, and that's where I know about the efforts of the county. So I interviewed for the position, and I was hired, and it's kind of funny, but at the time that I was hired, I was told that they were just forming the academy and that the fact that while they may have office space, there was no funding for the county. So for the first several years, it was it was a struggle. Uh, we had to find money to keep the program running. And I will say that through John McCoy and the Columbia Association, they played a major part in keeping uh, the academy afloat for a period of time. But since then, uh, we have established, received funding, full funding from the county government around about the time of when COVID hit. And to break this off, we were having, in addition to the fact of the financial problems, we were having trouble trying to get a representative of diverse population to be a part of the academy. And with that as well, that's when we entered into a relationship with Higher Community College. And that allowed us to get a better reach for all of the citizens in Higher County. So to date, I'm here to say that we have graduated 44 stewards and Thanks to the help of Higher Community College, we now, this year, starting in September, had 12 registered for the class. That's a success in anybody's book. 
to get people to volunteer to take such an involved training and commitment to move forward after they get the training. Well done, Terry. Hats off to everybody. And got to applaud the foresight of Georgia when she foresaw that this organization should be put together. So hats off to all of you. So Terry, on a personal note, what brought you to Maryland? Where'd you come from? (laughs) Well, actually, Bob, I was born in Cambridge, Maryland. I'm from the Eastern Shore. And what I would probably do with this question is answer two and one. And because one, you asked me how I got interested in ecology and an environment, and it tells into where I'm from. Because after the Navy, when I moved back home, I was hired by the city of Cambridge because they were having an upgrade on their wastewater treatment plant. And through that, I was hired as a trainee. Unfortunately, though, because the treatment plant was going from a primary treatment to which was a physical treatment to a more sophisticated secondary treatment, which is a biological treatment, no one really knew how to operate and manage that facility. So that facility failed. And with its failing, it forced the state, the Maryland Department of Environment and Department of Natural Resources to close off a section of the Chap Tank River. And a number of my relatives lived off of the water and they made their living from shucking oysters and picking crabs. And that kind of opened my eyes. So when they contracted out to another firm from California to run the treatment plant, they gracefully took me under their wing and they trained me and they sent me to some other sites across the United States. And I was able to understand the importance of what wastewater treatment was. And so that started my road to uh, learning and being respectful of water, which also led me from the Eastern shore to over here on the Western shore. And I worked for several counties over here the state of Maryland, federal government, to a point where as in 2001, when I was living in Longreach, uh, I received the position of chief of operations and maintenance at Charles County government. And I think that's where the big picture for me came into play. And I was able to see the importance of the hydrological cycle. And I was able to see how we as human beings contribute to what people debate about what is considered the uh, climate and the climate change. It's basically our behavior and what happens. So yeah, I've been in Maryland all my life. I've worked in water all of my adult life and done some pro bono work with committees as well. So that's how I got interested in the ecology and the environment. We are certainly fortunate to have your wealth of experience working with us here now. So now a little bit of a personal question for me. Can you share with us your favorite seafood recipe? Uh, it's not. It's a very simple one. It's not very complicated at all. Uh, my favorite food is soft shell crab. So it doesn't have to do a lot to it. Just get the dead man fingers out of it and make your little favorite batter, which I'm not going to share that with you. And you fry it up. And, and yeah, that's, that's it for me. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there. They're my favorite too. Terry, I know you were a business major in college. How has that impacted what you've been tasked to do? How you take a look at things? I know your focus is on the uh, watershed, but how does that business side of things? It was business school, but actually it was more so organizational behavior. And all organizations are made up of people. My focus in, in school was on change and how is it 
that you can change behavior of your employees, your management, your constituents, your clients. It's exactly how do you do that? And so I got to tell you, I thought I knew a little bit about that, but being a master watershed steward is, is a unique challenge. We go out and we're asking people to change how they believed or how they thought or how their parents thought. For instance, to success through some folk is two acres of plush green lawn and the greener than the neighbors, the better. And what we're trying to get people to do is something different. Fertilize less, remove a lot of that turf and replace it with long rooted plants. And, you know, we are asking people to install rain gardens. We're asking them to keep their water that hits their ground on their property. So, you know, that downspout where we may have recommended that someone puts a rain garden may be their pet's favorite spot. So, Behavior and change and social marketing has been the most useful of my education, I would say. You do a wonderful job at it. Your stewards are certainly learning it and spreading it around the county. Hats off to you. What environmental groups and agencies do you find yourself working with in Howard County? Well, I'll start with the one that I've been working with for four years now, with the Community Ecology Institute and their Freetown Farm. Originally, they reached out to us to, to do an assessment, and what our assessment results identified that the stormwater ponds at the local high school at Atherton weren't functioning as properly as they could be. So in the course of those three or four years, we were able to, mostly Kiara, secure funds to have those ponds retrofitted in order to, and, and, and some additional treatment, whereas we were able to catch a lot of the street flow that was causing flooding for the neighbors as well. But right along with that project, we also came up with out of an idea that was out of Richmond, Virginia, about a walkable watershed. And we were able to acquire a $50,000 grant for a concept plan, which was titled the Freetown Walkable Watershed Initiative. And it was a concept plan that would have a walkable educational component based on a cycle connecting paths from Atherton High School to the Harriet Tubman Cultural Center, to Freetown Farm, to the Middle Patuxent River, to the Robinson Nature Center. And through that initiative in 2022, you can see over my left side, there's that plaque up there. Both Kiara and I received the University of Maryland's College Agriculture and Natural Resources Cornerstone Award. And it was in recognition of our contributions to that walkable watershed in the category of optimized urban environment as a strategic initiative. And so we're proud of that walkable watershed. And we are hopefully we will get that moved into the next cycle of Plan Howard. I think timing was off for us a little bit. By the time the plan was in place, I think they were on the second iteration of Plan Howard. So timing wasn't the best for us, but we still have the plan. And we've worked with faith-based organizations. We have stewards in churches, the First Evangelical Lutheran Church in Ellicott City. Uh, if you can get by there, I would recommend people go through and see what the steward Kathy Rice has done to that property. And they now have teaching sessions about nature throughout all of the BMPs that she's been able to place on there. 
And we also work with the Oakland Mills Interfaith Center, and, and they've got some practices that you can take a look at as well. And several communities that we have, HOAs that we've joined in mentorship program, which I'm not, I can't name them all right now, but the Trails of Woodlock and Clock Tower Crossing are a few of those organizations and communities, but not to leave out higher county public school system through Georgia's efforts. We have a partnership with the higher county public school systems. And we also, as you know, we have a relationship with higher community college, whereas our program runs through the college now. But last but not least, higher county's stormwater division and the Office of Community Sustainability are partners that we've been working with over the years. That's great, Terry. Now, stream restorations and mitigation efforts in stormwater drainage features have become a hot button issue with local politicians and landowners. What can and what do stewards do to help resolve these issues? Well, again, I need to go right back to where I started. And it's, it's all about the hydrological cycle. If you look at it very closely, you will see that the base flow on streams comes from groundwater. So what we try to do is educate folk to understand that the streams, the balance of the streams and their natural state is vital. When we have stormwater that is raging, and if you know anything about water, Water goes where it has least resistance, and if it's something in this in its path, it's going to take it with it. And that's what is happening to these streams. And when they're taking this sediment, this sediment is covering the submerged aquatic vegetation. So it's a balance that has to happen. And when stormwater results it is that changes the physical attributes of a stream, then that balance, it's out of balance at that particular point is what we try to educate people and, and to let them see that stormwater stream remediation and restorations are taking these streams back to a natural state that they were, where floodplains can do what floodplains need to do in order to allow those waters to get up and for the vegetation to do what it needs to do. So the all of the biodiversity can be the way it, it should be. Now, I don't understand a whole lot about the opposition. I, I know that there are concerns about trees, and that's a legitimate concern. But if you see, if you look at these streams and how they're blown out, eventually the trees that are there are going to die eventually anyway. So if we do our part two phases as it relates to bringing those, getting those streams back to a natural natural state to where the floodplain can do what it needs to do and the biodiversity can be and do what it needs to do. Because as you're aware, we have stewards that are stream waders who test the stream and we know that all our streams are in poor health. But on that second note, when the jurisdictions are, are going about restoring streams, citizens and commercial and faith-based and we all have to do our part to stop it from getting back to where it was. And that's where our stewards play a major role, is trying to convince everyone who is outside of the purview of the county as far as responsibility, the private homeowners, the commercials, the nonprofits who own land. If we can manage that water on our individual properties and not let it get to the stream, 
in such volumes and such velocity that it will do the damage to these trees. We will not have that issue. But right now, we have the issue as stewards. It's our mission to, to help people to do what needs to be done upstream. But we also work in the streams and we know that these streams had to be replaced and got back into balance because we, we see that the biodiversity is disappearing. Well, that's very succinct, Terry. Thank you. We've run out of time for our show. We can keep on talking for a long time, I'm sure, but that's all the time we have for today. I'll be back next month with another guest and another sustainable topic. In the meantime, if you have ideas or comments, you can connect with me at rmarietta at howardcc.edu. You can listen to this and all of our other podcasts at greendragonhcc.podbean.com. And you can also catch us on HCC TV and Howard Community College's YouTube page. Don't forget to share, like, comment, and let others know about our programs and that all of us can help take care of our world because every small step each of us can take can have a great impact when we all work together. Thank you. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Media Podcast.